Hey guys, we're here on a Sunday morning uh, with Jonathan Broom Edwards. We're here on the Morbid Download. This is the 11th episode. Uh, it's a Paralympian who was last at Rio, silver medalist. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, how he's overcoming his injury at the moment, what he's done in the past, what is in for the future. Uh, so say hello, Jonathan. Hello, guys. So, Jonathan, how did it all start getting into high jump, especially for you? Um, it was actually by chance getting into high jump. Uh, I started off as a basketballer when I was younger because um, when I grew up I didn't really think of my impairment as anything like it was just it was just my foot you know it was just a, an, an impaired foot um, I didn't think of it as a disability so I got involved in all different types of sport growing up basketball was my favourite um, I always trained for trying to dunk a ball you know trying to jump because obviously that helps in basketball and I tried out high jump uh, back in 2010 and I got spotted by a sports massage therapist who had links to the Paralympic squad, saw my foot, saw my, saw my leg and said, you know, you might be able to classify for Paralympic sport. And I kind of gave a bit of a chuckle, thought, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, and lo and behold, yeah, it started me off um, on my journey. So it was, it's been quite a, quite a whirlwind of a journey, really, and a quite a steep learning curve to become a, an elite athlete. Do you think there's enough knowledge around disability in sport? You know, to to because you obviously knew that sports ther- massage therapist that actually had the links already there. But obviously, a lot of people won't even think about it. They just keep going from day to day because obviously, it's if you're wearing trousers, you don't even know any yeah. difference, do you? So no, that's true. There is. It's it's I suppose raising the awareness is I think really important, and also raising the awareness of the people who have these impairments I like I said I didn't really think of my my leg as anything um, so to have someone tell me like you know this is classifiable um, was quite a, quite a shock quite a revelation for me so the more we can raise the awareness I think for every everyone who has some form of impairment you know because it does it limits you from being at the top stage it, it limits your ability um, but with the Paralympics now growing you can you can come and go and compete and perform just like any other elite athlete. And you're constantly growing all the time, isn't it, the Paralympics, especially when it was in uh, London. Yes. Uh, and that generated big growth in that sort of market area. How, how do you think it... Do you see it continually to grow as it moves forward or...? Um, I hope so. I mean, the, the legacy of 2012 it, just, was just massive for our sport. And I was, I was unfortunate, actually, because it was in 2012 I watched the high jump and notice that the guy who won it had the same condition as me um, it, yeah, it's grown from there Rio was brilliant um, there's been a little bit of a I suppose a stagnation I think over the last couple of years but I think pushing towards Tokyo um, it should continue to grow our world championships have now been confirmed for, for next year but it's not until November in D- Dubai so that's, that's for 2019 Um off the back of that we then have the Tokyo Paralympic Games which is in accordance with the Olympics as well and when did you get selected for your GB squad when I first get selected yeah um, so I first got selected in 2013 so obviously after 2012 um, I just I got classified I think in the February I then had to do I think four competitions before I could get selection for the World Championships, which was in Lyon that year. Um, so you know, I did my did my four competitions, 
and I've got a couple of PBs or personal bests leading yeah. up to it and then I've got another personal best in the actual competition and managed to s secure a silver medal so that's mm. what started me off and then I had to learn how to be a proper athlete. Yeah. <laughs> and with the much anxiety about going to that sort of competition level because it's different isn't it? Yeah. I'm just going to your club meetings Actually, only because you'd only done four competitions. <laughs> yeah, it, interestingly enough, actually, the first competition, the first international competition, it didn't affect me that badly at all. Like, I was, I was the, I was an underdog. I was a nobody at the time. You know, no one knew what I could do, and I didn't know what I could do. So I had no pressure on me, and I just went out as a, as a really quite chunky, <laughs> like, yeah. in comparison, bit more of a heavyweight, bit more of a heavyweight <laughs> at the time. Um, and I went out and performed and actually it was over over the next two years this is when I actually started with a bit of I suppose mental health issues um, because I was in, under such a high pressure environment but I put a lot of pressure on myself and the coaching environment I was in wasn't good for me that put a lot of pressure on me so when I came to my competition in 2015 I was not in a great place and how I managed to secure myself for that year I don't you know I was really lucky I, I just about wobbled the bar and it just my head was not in it, so I had to spend the last, you know, I spent the last two and a half years working on my head. And I think that's that's slightly grown area, isn't it, in all sports really? Because, like the mental health pressures, nobody ever teaches you to deal with that. And obviously, it just depends what you've been experienced through before to what you can cope. But obviously, yourself is your own worst critic, mm -hmm. and you're constantly questioning yourself. Well, I should have done this, and I should have done that. Maybe I should have done this. You know, it bears you down after a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, so. it just shows that you know. <clears throat> the mind is very powerful it can be our biggest biggest friend but also our biggest enemy and the the only thing that changed was the pressure that I put on myself you know there was it was still the same same similar competition you know still a bar that I had to jump over it's only it, with an individual sport like athletics it's just me out there you know I don't I don't even have like in sprints I don't have a competitor right next to me I, I go out there and I go out and jump and it's just who can jump the highest on the on the day so I've had to really work on realizing where my thoughts go, and realizing when to let them go, you know, and try and keep myself in the moment and not worry about what could potentially happen, because that's the thing. If you if you worry about what's going to happen, it's going to mess up what you're about to do. Yeah, yeah. It's not being in the moment, is it? And it's quite hard when you've been. I know it's going to sound a bit negative, but constantly been a bit second place, haven't yeah. you, behind another person. Yeah. How do, how do you build up to that or do you just focus on you and just try and ignore that or is it still in the back of your mind? I, I think you, for, for me, I've used it as a um, as motivation. I mean, my main competitor, he's a, he's a lovely guy, which is annoying. <laughs> but again, it is, it is me out there and the biggest, I mean, physically, you know, I've, I've, I've got into really decent shape over the years um, and it was just like, the thing that, that let me down over a number of competitions was, was my mindset and that's what I've worked really hard on so that's what I aim to come back and really like excel at when, when it comes to 2019 and then Tokyo in 2020 is the fact that I'll be going in with a really decent mindset. And it's really hard because you know I feel nowadays we're in sort of a bit of a negative society and they're always looking at the downturns or what could happen and it's always a negative field. It's quite hard to surround yourself with positive people and getting the right people in place like your coaches, your rehab team, the other athletes around you to keep pushing you forward, isn't it? Mm. 
I think I thought about like I worked worked alongside a few people who are talking about society and um, the problems we're facing at the moment, and it's I suppose it's a peop- the general thought that we have to be perfect. You know, there's so there's always a filter on social media. There's always a it's always got to be the best video that you, you post or the 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 best uh, you know whatever whatever it is the best jump the best. It's always, always got to be the best, yeah. and because of that, you people feel that they're going to be slandered on social media if they do something that's not the best, and therefore they start thinking that oh I'm I'm not good so I may as well not try, when really actually the things that make you the best is the hard work you put in, and that comes with failures, that comes with getting up trying again, constantly, it's a, a never ending cycle, but that's a good thing, but people see it. It's not, like yeah. you know. Yeah, exactly. And it's like even I got a comment the other day saying, "You need to smile more in your photos." It's like maybe I don't want to smile. Yeah. She goes, "Yeah, but it'd make you more, you know, approachable and you know, and get people engaged." Yeah, but you still looked at the photo, didn't you? <laughs> so you noticed that I wasn't smiling, and that's what social media is about: it's raising a awareness. getting awareness to you. If you're not smiling, if you're smiling, if you've had a haircut or anything like that, uh, I'm very much as in. You know, you put out there just as you are, mm. and this is why I don't edit any of the the podcasts that go out there because if it's said, it's said, and that and that's what it is. Uh, I think people are too judgmental on people's opinions, and people are entitled to opinions, and it's only your experience that gives you a certain way of thinking, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you've had your injury recently. Yeah. And how did that sort of so that get was, going? Oh, that was a big. It was a big shock because. Um, Two weeks, the two weeks prior to my injury, things were going so well. Like after leaving my previous coach, getting out of the situation that wasn't good for me, going with a new coach, starting and like almost starting again in some ways, things were starting to move. Starting to, I was getting personal best in all aspects of my training. Um, I was feeling ready, you know, I was feeling ready to go out to the European Championships this year and do something special. Um, I had no pain, I had no pre-warning, and then it was like a like a gunshot. I was just running on on a straight, and yeah, my Achilles ruptured, and it was the Achilles of my impaired foot, which is unheard of because my foot doesn't move that well. No. So what they th- what they thought is it's to do with a a, a weakness from a surgery as I had as a baby, um, and it was it was looking like it was always going to go. Um, I, I'm fortunate that I was in a good place mentally. You know, I've worked the last two years uh, on an app called Headspace, which had really helped. I'd worked with my sports psych to get my head into a, a decent place. Um, and uh, yeah, I thank the stars that I, I had that because I think if, I, if this had happened two years ago, I probably wouldn't, I wouldn't have worked. Well, people get destroyed by it, don't they? Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, I'm, I'm doing okay. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm in the rehab facility again as of um, tomorrow for two weeks and I'm starting to learn how to jog in an anti-gravity machine oh, yeah. called the Alter G. Yeah, so. And that's an experience in itself, isn't it? Because it is. when you get to that level, all your training methods sort of change a bit, don't they? Yeah. And it, it takes it more to an advance, especially around the technology uh, that you have access to. Yeah. Uh, do you evaluate your performance quite a lot after you've been to an event or? Yes, um, not as analytical as I used to I suppose but um, the biggest thing 
for me is analysing how it felt not not necessarily like technique it, with, with high jump I mean if you're talking about high jump there's a there's a lot of technical elements to it but when it comes to a competition you've just got to go out and jump you know you've, you've done all the hard work in training you've just got to go out and then do what feels right um, the more you think about things the worse you do you know it's again coming back to the mind so if I can just shut my mind off just go out there and let my body do what I've trained it to do I will jump better than if I think too much about it so you know that's in terms of analysing and analysing the, the exercise I'm doing at the moment I suppose it's more about keeping my legs safe you know not not pushing the boundaries too much getting it recovered you know which I have done being patient with it and building the strength from the foundation levels up again so I haven't I won't start high jumping probably until after Christmas yeah but you know it's not going to be a long slog but I've got to take it gradually yeah and it's it's really hard to be patient isn't it because actually you just want to go out and see how it performs yeah you have to hold you have to hold the reins in um it's like yesterday i was doing some pilates again for the first time with my pilates instructor and i had to go and grab a med ball from from the other side of the high pack which is the um, high performance athletic center and i was walking along i was like i was feeling good i was like oh i've had to your job but i had to rein it in yeah i'm not allowed to jog yet so um yeah, patience is uh, patience is a virtue. You know, and I think that's a massive issue as well, uh, that people get rushed back too quickly. Uh, especially if you look at younger athletes that are probably just in their local club, that you think, well, it feels all right, so then go and perform. Mm. And then it's injury after injury. I know I was one of the people that suffered with injury after injury and I kept coming back. I can remember one time I played football, came on a sub with the first game back, and then... I went off five seconds later. Oh, no. <laughs> so the throwing came into me and then I just turned and then somebody clattered me on the side and then went back off on the stretcher and it's like, great, uh-huh. that, that'll be another three weeks. But uh, how do you think coaching needs to, does it need to change for the younger generation or is it that awareness of rehab or, you know, is it parents that need to be more aware of? Yeah, yeah. so I've done a few things, a few talks around parents and, um, and their athletes um, I'm also doing a coaching course at the moment because it helps me with the understanding of, of athletics. And you've got to lessen the pressure you put on the kids as they're, as they're developing. You know, parent, often parents try to be the coach, they, but then there's never a switch off you know, when they get home and the kids, again, will start feeling all this pressure that they don't really need. It's, it's like if, they're going, if the parents are going to help with the coaching, You've got to leave it in the the area of the mm. sport, and then totally switch away from it, so that the the mind gets a chance to relax. In terms of coaching for rehab perspective, I mean, I there's no blame to be for my injury. There's no blame to be shared for the my coach or what we were doing. It was a freak thing. Mm. However, having base knowledge of of injuries, I think for coaches is really good, um, and you know, just sharing sharing knowledge i think coaches need to share knowledge more there's especially in the the high high performance area there's so much politics there's so much so much clashes of egos when it comes to coaches like they won't share their information they won't try and help develop the athlete at the end of the day it's that's for the athlete yeah the athlete's the most important but a lot of coaches start to think that they're the most important and that's where you, you face problems i think 
Okay. Uh, let's talk about Rio. Okay. Because you went there. Uh, tell me how it was going to Rio. Well, Rio was brilliant for me, and the, I, I made I made a pact with myself to go out and enjoy it, because pro- the the half a year before that was when I was in the worst place with my with my coach, and mentally I was in the worst place. I wasn't enjoying high jump at all, um, and you know I didn't didn't want to do it. But I, I remember going to uh, on a mid season break to Paris with with my partner, and I talked to her about it. And I said that I've got to just I've got to enjoy this. You know, this what's the point in doing this sport if I don't enjoy it? So, because I made that pact, I went out to Rio. I was fortunate; I was in business class on the way out there, which was lovely. Um, that helps, doesn't it? Had a glass of wine. That was it. Um, but I just took in everything. I took in I took in the flight. I took in the travel. I took in the the environment. The 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 culture. The it was just it was just an unbelievable experience and. You know, you're driving down. You've got favelas on the one hand, on the one side of the road, and you've got you know shopping malls on the other side. So you've got this this distinct kind of separation between the poverty and the, the you know the rich as well. Um, and my competition was, I think I had it a week later from when I arrived actually into Rio because we went out to um, a holding camp beforehand. And after that, I had another week before we were trying traveling back. So. I had all this time to experience Rio. Mm-hmm. So I went up to the Christ Redeemer, went up to Sugarloaf Mountain, to Ipanema Beach. You know, my family were out there as well. I managed to um, crowdfund some um, money to help my mum get out there. Mum um, and dad are separated, so my dad came out with, with my brother as well. My friend came out. So I had a really great experience um, outside of the competition. And the competition went really well. I'd started to work with my current coach, um, on the build up to Rio um, so that was like that kind of saved my high jump and I came out I got a season's best in Rio at the top stage and like I was really happy with that you know considering what I'd gone through um, and yeah the, the people from Rio and Brazil like they're really fun loving as well which is great yeah it's all about it's, it's, I, I always when you get on the TV it's always about experiencing life and just having fun with it, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, coming up to actual competitive day, mm-hmm. how was that? You know, looking out, uh, obviously being on TV as well. Yeah. You know, that was really good, wasn't it? And you got a bit off the back of that, off the, was it, Muller Ice advert? And oh yeah, yeah. Then the last leg. Oh, last leg. Last leg. Yeah. Well. So I've been, yeah, I've been on a few things, uh, eggheads, where I didn't do very well. Uh, <laughs> did you not come across very well on that, no? Oh, no, I came across well, I just yeah. didn't answer the questions. <laughs> uh, I got, I think, one out of three. Um, Mother Rice was, was, was fun. Uh, yeah, I've, I've had some decent experience with athletics, and I really, you know, I thank, thank the stars for that. Uh, and I'm sure there'll be, there'll be more experience, the more, you know, the more com- awareness com- yeah the more comfortable I get with, with doing them sort of things um, like I say it has been it's been a whirlwind like I you know I've only been in the sport now for five and a bit years um, it's not like I've come up the grassroots I haven't worked at all of these things I've had to learn extremely quick yeah you know just thrown in the deep end and just try and swim that's that's literally where it's been and, but it's been it has been life changing it's put it's, it's got me out of a few you know crappy situations really and it's made me realise I've got some really decent friends 
who, who you know look at help me and like support me and um it's made me more driven and more determined as well yeah so you know sport has really helped me in my life and i always find that you know as you get older your circle of friends get smaller and smaller yeah. don't they so yeah. Uh, and then you find out who your real friends are that are still around and trying to help out yeah definitely uh, moving forward still trying to go for Tokyo are you? I am yep uh, so the, the next two major competitions uh, November 2019 is uh, the world championships in Dubai and then I'll have um, Tokyo 2020 probably in August time I think um, before you know Alongside that, I'll have a load of able-bodied competitions as well because with power athletics, there's not the same levels of competitors. So there's not the same levels of competition. Um, I have to get my competition from able-bodied standards, and you know, I, I'm around tenth in the country in terms of my my personal best um, for able-bodied standards as well. So I, you know, I can go in and I can be competitive, and I rarely win, <laughs> which is annoying. Yeah, but. Um, you know, I've got people to really push me. You know, because if I can compete at the everybody standard, when it comes to power competitions, I should I should be able to breeze it. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, before then, a lot of uh, mundane rehab exercises, a lot of balance work, um, build that strength, and you know, keep on keep on smiling. I think. Yeah. Do Do you get a sense of achievement just uh, competing against able bodied though? Yeah. As well, definitely. because you're thinking. Well, I've got this, but I'm not going to use it as an excuse, so I'll still try and push it for sort of thing. Yeah, it's when you beat them as well. You think, yeah, when you beat them, do you rub it in the I face? I've got a gammy leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I, I've got a load of friends uh, in able-bodied standards as well, which is which is great. And yeah, you push, you push each other. Again, at the end of the day, it's although they're your competitors, it's just you out there when you, when you come to jump. Yeah, and so, it, it is a bit like you're competing against yourself because as soon as you start focusing on everybody else... That's when and you start up. going, oh, yeah. well, I've never beaten him yet. And yeah. I start, oh, I haven't done that, or I haven't done that. So uh, I know, like, you look at some athletes and they constantly have the same patterns. Is that something that you go through, like, before an I event? Think I've gone, yeah, like, I've really bothered? I'm not that bothered now. Like, having a, a, a certain routine to do or worrying about the, comp- the competitors. I Again, I, if you have a certain routine that you have to do before a competition mm. well what happens if something goes wrong what happens if something changes what happens if you're not able to do that thing you, you have to do it will affect your mind so mm. I try to limit the kind of routine things that I need to do I mean I'll, I'll still do things like pack my bag you know yeah. I'll still make sure I get you my coffee in you still have to pack it bag. yeah I still, <laughs> I still make sure I get my coffee in yeah um, but when it comes to, um, I won't put any pressure on myself to have things a certain way in order to compete at my best. You know, it's, it's, it's for some athletes, they have like a, you know, it's like lucky charm sort of thing. Like they have to wear their lucky pants, you know, yeah, <laughs> so exactly. things like that. Um, I won't do that. I'll just, whatever happens on the day is what will happen on the day. So I just keep it, keep in the present moment and just do what I need to do to warm up. And, and I think that's what athletes need to think about as well is like, it is a long-term game, isn't it? I mean, I speak about long-term all the time. Uh, it's not exactly do this training for four weeks and this will improve your uh, speed or your jump or whatever. Uh, and I think we're, we're all, we are in a bit of a quick result society as well. I'll go back to society again, but everybody wants everything now sort of thing. And Instant I want it now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You've got to be in for the long haul. It's a slow burn. The thing with... With 
athletic, with um, uh, sport specific athletics um, or event specific rather is you have a window of opportunity to practice your um, technical because you have to prime your body up for it you know I, I practice my jumps twice a week for two hours each time you know I have those moments where I've, I've done the, the training beforehand I've had sufficient rest but as well as toning my body to be able to jump or practice my jumps it's not like learning to play an instrument where you could probably practice every day you can't do that you know you've got to practice at the windows when you are feeling feeling ready and you might come to a session and just be absolutely beat and not be able to do as much so that's where it is a slow burn you've got to you've got to make the small incremental changes that will ultimately improve your performance and um, and you've got to keep the long the long goal you know in mind or the end goal in mind um as well as setting yourself kind of smaller goals to 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 make it more manageable more achievable but it is it's a it's a, it's a longer process yeah. and try and get the realism across the band training and if it takes over your social life or your normal life or anything like that so like uh david hay talked about he's like never went out drinking at the weekends and stuff like mm-hmm. that is that similar for yourself or did it take over your whole life like nutritionally and it is a lifestyle choice definitely um i I rarely drink now. Um, I re- I don't go out drinking massively. I mean, I, I do enjoy a, a tipple every now and again, but um, it just the way it makes you feel, the way it affects your training. It's you, you know, you make you soon realise that actually it's better if I don't go out and have a drink. Um, I or if I do go to bed a bit earlier, you know, you get your extra sleep in. So, yeah, it you have to you have to make the right decisions, you know, and you start to then come with friend circles who are of similar mind mm. you know they all do the same same things and you find other ways to enjoy yourself rather than go out and have it again <laughs> getting a, a drink on so um yeah it, it's just making deci- the right decisions and so, so what's going on in your life at the moment sort of thing outside of athletics looking at you so uh well I am also a therapist, um, so I, out of university um, I decided to change direction. I studied aeronautical engineering, so I just decided to change direction and learn more about the body to help me manage my own condition, but also to work more with people. I was quite passionate about that. So I do that. Um, I've got my own um, private clinical room in my in my house, um, so I have private clients who come to me. I work in a clinic, uh, a private clinic in Loughborough Town once a week as well. Um, as a biomechanist but also apart from that I work for or I assist two independent charities one in which I do school visits um, and school cl- you know um, educational uh, assemblies um, as well as um, you know school visits and sports days and things like that so what are them two charities so one's called Inspire Plus yeah um, and what's uh, that about what's it's, message it's trying to I suppose um, inspire inspire children to get active in sport but also help um, educate them in things that they don't necessarily get in school you know my my next um, my next year of assemblies is going to be focused on the mind trying to get children to start being aware of their thoughts whereas one of the other guys that does it he's talking to them about nutrition Um, so it's things that you know they might not necessarily learn in school that you know they can learn from an inspiring figure um, who comes to their school and it's not about just the one-off appearance they'll start to get to know the athlete that they're, that's coming to their 
school because they come multiple times you know over the years um the other ones are the certain cultural community games which is now starting to in in it's starting to uh increase in size there's going to be other community games but that's only a once a year thing but it's a it's a free event for again for the community to get involved in sport and um without judgment you know they can go out and try out a range of different sports um and see what they like and you never know it could it could spark um the fire in someone to go out and because you only have to reach one person yeah really yeah definitely i mean for example i was um this year I was there at the games and there was a kid who'd never done um, table tennis and me and one of the other ambassadors were, were just playing some table tennis whilst we were waiting for the next uh, next um, workshop to start and he he, uh, he came along and was like yeah do you want to join, join in and he started playing he wasn't you know he wasn't didn't know how to do it initially um, but he started getting the flow of it and mm. his mum said oh he really wants to take that up now so you know that could he could be the next um, ping pong star you know, I thought you were going to think of a table tennis star then it's yeah. like I don't know I don't know <laughs> so no I mean you've got more popular and you're trying to do more talks over the last couple of years haven't yeah, you yeah definitely. Uh, and how have they gone they've gone really well um, the, the latest one I've been doing is, is kind of working on the keys to success um, taking it from a mind point, point of view so you know it's certain, it's certain behaviours that you can anyone can kind of grasp to help them become more successful in their life, regardless of what they're trying to achieve, um, get them more more positive, get them more um, more driven in in, in themselves. Um, I'm starting. I'm writing a talk now, um, which is more about disability. It's more yeah. about disability and actually disability being in your mind. Yeah. You know the the amount of disabled athletes who have got more go in them than a lot of other people I know. You know that haven't got an impairment or a disability. It just shows that actually the mind is so powerful, and you can will yourself to do anything. You know, you can push yourself beyond the an impairment, beyond something that's a negative that's happened in your life. You make it, you turn it into an opportunity, turn it into something powerful, um, and that's why I think the Paralympic movement is so important. You know, because it shows that just because you haven't been dealt the, the great greatest of hands, that doesn't mean you can't do something with them. No, and I think that's a massive thing to to get grasp of is that every decision made or what you've been handed with gives you an opportunity down a different road mm. but some people just focus on the issue that they may have and then it, it sort of drowns them out a bit it does. doesn't it yeah. uh, and obviously you come across different opportunities with different people you've met uh, obviously doing your clinical work as well uh, meeting with people getting the opportunities about going on TV doing talks going on YouTube channels as well you're doing a lot of stuff on your own social media aren't you so yeah, I'm not very good with social media. <laughs> well, it comes with time, doesn't it? It's a growing yeah. to see what works. But I'm, I, you know, I can, I can put my hands up and admit where my where my pitfalls are, where I'm not very good. You know, so I am getting help. Um, I'm getting help from a business, uh, or from people who actually specialise in that. Yeah. To, to help me push it, to help me make a plan. You know, so it's not, it's not about being the best at everything. It's about actually knowing where you may be lacking. And yes being okay with that you know and getting help where it's needed because ultimately even though I'm in an individual sport I have a team around me I have people like my coach my SNC coach with strength and conditioning nutritionist psychologist I have the my sports therapist my osteopath you know 
people, my welfare support, all these different people. You don't see who, them on your social media. Well, they're on my website. <laughs> but in terms of the like building, like this, the, you know, I'm I'm the the face of it. Mm. But there is such a team behind me. That's what some people don't realise is that, you know, in order for to to gain success, sometimes you need to get a bit of help, and that's why I have my team. Yeah. You know, and you know they don't need to be, you know. Um, slashed all over social media or anything but they are there supporting me and th- that's the most important thing yeah exactly and it, it's quite important to have that support and what people seem to don't realise is that they're never on their own there's always access to different services or different family groups or anything like that that they can turn to for offer. I mean it's not always good advice or good help or but it's just to know that somebody's there sometimes yeah yeah yeah, it's it's speaking out and and knowing actually you know you're not alone and you're probably not the only person going through the the problems that you're facing. That's you know that's the beauty of the social of social media mm. is that you can reach out to people. I've had a lot of people reaching out to me who have telepies who have like who don't know how to manage it. You know, so that's that's brilliant. That's really powerful. That means I can I can share my experiences. I can share my experiences as a clinician, as a therapist. Um, and as an athlete and what I've gone through and what's worked for me you know leading up to the rupture I mean I was in a good place it's a shame about the rupture obviously but we, you know I can now say that I've got the experience to go through rehab and come out the other side and again that's that experience is invaluable yeah and like, you know people can share that experience uh, and the, the thing is that with your experience it's it draws people in it's a niche market isn't it that people want to attend. Uh, so, what's next for you in the big, say, in the next six months? Well, mm-hmm. the next six months is to get really strong. Is it? Is that it? Really, really, really strong. And but well, not beefcake um, strong. Not beefcake strong. <laughs> um, just, just to continue. I'm, I'm not looking too much um, to to the next year at the moment. I'm, I'm taking it every day, every step as it comes. You know, every day. Um, working on the things that I I need to work on in terms of getting my legs strong, um, and you know my my next mini goal is in September where I can start jogging. But yeah. Before that, anti gravity machine. Anti gravity machine. Uh, that's got to bring us to the end. And thanks for Jonathan for having the chat. Thanks, Chris. Uh, if you want to follow Jonathan on his website, because obviously he does a monthly newsletter. Yeah, it's been last two. Bi monthly. Bi monthly. Fine monthly. Uh, he's on Instagram under Broom Edwards T forty four at oh it was at Broom Edwards T forty four. That's the same for Instagram and Twitter. Okay, uh, and then he's got his Facebook profile uh, that you can follow Which, as a business page. Yeah, if you search me on the. Yeah. On, on I'll put the links on my Facebook page as well that you can follow in on Instagram on Twitter. Uh, make sure you engage if you want to reach out to Jonathan. He's always happy to like yep. do different stuff or give different advice. Uh, so one thing that you're going to move forward with, and one of the things I'd like to see you do more of, is more tutorial videos. Okay. Uh, where you're talking and giving information on it. So I've seen somewhere you've been at an event and, and stuff yeah. like that, you're talking. But, you know, especially with your clinical stuff, I'd like to see more information. I want to see that skeleton on a video. All right. And I'll try. I'll not with a broken collarbone. Not with a broken collarbone. <laughs> There's a story to that as well. <laughs> but information is key, and I think the more information, the more content that you put out there, it will generally raise your awareness, and it will draw people to, to you as well. Mm. And people want to get to know you. 
so thanks for coming in and Jonathan have a lovely day Thank you. You too. Uh, good luck with the rehab and we'll probably catch up in six months uh, yeah, that'd be great. to see where it is when, and then we can get all the updates around your uh, anti-gravity machine and the running if you've actually started I'll um, be springing into step by springing then. in by <laughs> step by then uh, that's the 11th episode of the Morbid Download uh, if you want to sign up to it then you can search on Spotify on Apple Podcasts uh, there's a number of different ways that you can link up to it follow me on Twitter Facebook uh, or Instagram uh, hopefully hear from you soon if you want to come on the podcast and give me a message and we'll get you on whether it's business related or uh, sports or fitness alright take care see you later